Gabriel? Yes, Daniel. I'll be the first one to admit. Okay. I soak my old shoes in the coffee. Oh. Well, I want to look in your eyes while I say this. Mm-hmm. I farted. Hit the theme music. Hey. Yeah. Welcome to Low Hanging Fruit. Low Hanging Fruit. <laughs> also, uh, the rare instance when uh, when one of those intros really comes together. Yeah, hey. That's the high watermark so far. <laughs> We've nailed it. Great job, Daniel. Great job, Gabriel. Welcome, dear listener readers, Hello, to everyone. Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by literature. <laughs> Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. Brought to you by books. Brought to you by reading. Uh, this is also the only, only out there explicit literature podcast we're the only explicit branded literature comedy podcast on the market Uh period you're definitely gonna catch i love this reading podcast talking about things like farts and fucks Uh uh-uh you don't want those pussy ass cucks from the undo show undo overdue Overdue show undo Undo. all right overdue more like undo more like undo praise given to a bunch of hacks who don't even know to say the word fuck yeah they don't even know to say fuck yeah that being said, please support our show. <laughs> support the show by pressing one button. That's all we ask. Excellent um, timing. Slow Readers wants to grow. We need to grow, and we need your help to do that. <laughs> press one button to support our show. Press subscribe. Press follow. Press like. Um, press a star count. Or if you can be bothered, write us a review. Daniel and I need you. It, it sounded like you were saying we need the girl. We got we got to get the girl. And I was like, what? What's that from? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It sounded like it were like we're like the hero in some like like uh, John Cusack movie. Like it's like you got to get the girl, man. We need the girl. We need the girl. Uh, that said. Yep. So that's all my hide and cheat for the day. There you go. Do you want to introduce yourself? It's slightly early. No. Mm. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I am Daniel Gonzalez. Hello, Daniel. An audio producer, editor, writer, and an author of fiction. Hey. Gabe, who and what are you? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer and a podcast producer, and I mm-hmm. guess I'm a delivery driver these days. A delivery driver. COVID. To your heart. To put it in your phone's. Put it in the thing, delivering, and have a delivery of Gabe to your heart. Have a margarita in a jar. Driving around with a margarita in hand. Yeah. No, I can't do that. You do it all the time. I have pictures of you. Not B. Okay. Um, They're always inside my soda cup, so that way no one can tell. (laughs) It's not a glass. How dare you. That's not safe. Anyway, so this is a show. <laughs> yeah, this is a real show. This is a real literary show, as you mm-hmm. can tell. Is this book on a strand 80, Daniel? Uh, no. Well, that's a damn shame. It is a damn shame, especially because uh, the book that we read, that we read, uh, like all of the author's books, won all the awards. Mm-hmm. Um, the and, Man Booker. And the I guess, Penn Hemingway. Man Booker. More like Man Fucker. <laughs> Which is totally fine. <laughs> I think it's actually it's uh, I More think, like the Michael Rooker. I think the Man Booker is actually really cool. I just I don't really pay attention. Oh, Amy Tan's on the back of this. That's cool. Jim Palahiri is the kind of writer who makes you want to grab the next person you see and say, "Read this!" Exclamation mark. She's a nice lady. Yeah, check it out Amy. Uh, speaking of Amy Tan, still alive. Uh, Amy Tan's still alive. Yeah. Yeah, she's not that old. No, right? she was in your game. Remember, like the Are you alive? Oh yeah, was she? Yes. Okay, I don't remember that. We game. played. We played a game where Daniel very macabrely asked me, listed an author's name, and asked me if they were still alive. Yes. And Gabriel, I think you got most of them right. Yeah. The only one I got wrong was um, what's his face, the guy who wrote um, uh, Lonesome Dove. 
Larry McMurtry, yeah. a legend, a living legend, the mm-hmm. the, the author of uh, Lonesome Dove, uh, Last Picture Show, and uh, co-wrote the screenplay to uh, Brokeback Mountain. Well, hot diggity damn. God damn it, man. Well, Larry, rest in peace, buddy. He's fine. <laughs> oh, I got it wrong again. Well, Larry, no, the, keep on trucking, buddy. The whole the whole show was basically like uh, uh like basically being like, yeah. So by the way, I'm doing this. I found out that Charles Portis is dead. Like yeah. died like a week ago. Yeah, that's very upsetting. Mm-hmm. This very very important writer to be. That said, I'm yep. speaking of dead men. Mm-hmm. So we have it's a story. Tales. We have a story to talk to talk about. I guess you can talk about dead men. We do. We have a story to talk about. Mm-hmm. Gabriel, it's Daniel. Uh, I selected a story. Uh, this time from a book that I've I bought like ten years ago and I've read some of the stories and sure. then but I, I didn't really exactly remember them and I wanted mm-hmm. to pick them up because it's like I remember really liking this yeah so this is kind of a a, a flashback mm. a, 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 what do you call it? a jump to the what do you call it going to the past in a fun way a trip down memory lane trip down memory lane sure sure kind of like how last week a flashback Friday yeah flashback Friday even though it's it, <clears throat> Sunday. Sunday um it kind of a uh, last week we 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 jumped down to memory lane with uh, the melancholy of Haru- Haruhi Suzumiya yeah thank like, you and we were pretty drunk for that episode pretty drunk yeah it was fun we progressively got more and more like like bad at saying the name Haruhi Suzumiya. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, this is kind of like another thing for me, uh, specifically. I don't know how, if you're familiar with the writings of Jhumpa Lahiri. I am, actually. You are? I am, indeed. Oh, what, what have you read? So I read The Namesake. Okay. That, um, I saw the movie and I read the book. Outstanding book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's her, her first novel. But uh, the only thing I read was some of her short stories from, from this. And Gabriel, uh, let me tell you a little bit. About the, about Have you said the name of the book yet? Yeah, The Interpreter of Maladies. I don't hey, know if I did. I Plus, we only read the first story, which, yeah. uh, let me see, actually, to be honest. A I don't Temporary Matter? Uh, yeah, A Temporary Matter. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so let me give you some uh, back history, some facts on Jhumpa Lahiri. Believe it or not, she did not Jhumpa write Lahiri. The Emperor of Maladies, me. a completely different book about cancer. The hell's that, really? Yeah, The Emperor of Maladies. It's like this famous nonfiction book about cancer. Okay. She does write nonfiction, though. I'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. Jhumpa Lahiri was born in 1967 uh, in London to Indian parents. Oh, my God. Uh, they moved to the U.S. when she was three. <gasps> uh, she considers herself an American. Uh, she mainly grew, she grew up in Rhode Island. Oh. Um, she stated mm-hmm. that as a girl, she doesn't recall ever wanting to be a writer. She mentions having read Little Women, but never connected with Joe, and Joe starts to write stories. Interesting. Uh, she often says that she doesn't know how she Total writes. Total Amy. Yeah, she doesn't. Uh, however, she tends to write through extensive rewrites and editing. Uh, total Meg. Total what? <laughs> no. I don't yeah, know. Meg was all about those rewrites. Re- rewrites. <laughs> all about all about yeah. just like, hey, you do it once and then you try and try again a thousand times. Well, that's Beth. Um, <clears throat> Interpreter of Maladies is her first book. Uh, Sweet. It came out in 1999. Uh, I don't know what year the story came out, but it was published in the New Yorker. Oh. Uh, many of the stories in this book focus around uh, Indians and first-generation Indian Americans, usually dealing with their American culture conflicting with Indian roots. Cool. Uh, Interpreter won the Penn Faulkner Award, oh. the, the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction. Wow. And was on Oprah Winfrey's like top like 10 list of that year or the decade, whatever it was. Well, I believe that. It sold 15 million copies worldwide. Hot oh, damn. And it's available in most languages out there cool so yeah this book was a massive success uh it says on the cover is a national bestseller yeah they always say that though that's yeah, very true <laughs> so is so is so it's is a old worldwide bestseller jimmy patterson yeah it's a worldwide bestseller to be honest with you it's not national it's international <laughs> uh pff, where was i um tell me more yeah, about jumpa her uh second short story collection 2008's unaccustomed earth 
is about second and third generation Americans. Cool. Uh, taking the themes from Interpreter and basically just drawing them on in later generations. Like Amy Tan. Yeah. And in a sense, like also like, like, I don't know if this is like modern, like to have like postmodern being like, well, actually like to get more like modern up to date with like like most Americans in the day, we're actually not really in like first generation. We're more in like second and third generation. Yeah. Where like she, her generation was like first generation. Mm-hmm. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, her first novel was 2003's The Namesake. Yeah. Another, yep, another good one. Another huge hit. Uh, Starring Kalpen Modi. Yes. Who? Sorry? Kalpen. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Um, they, uh, the, 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 yeah, uh, I, I don't really mention any of the other, like, like awards these books won because they won, like, ever since won the first all of book, them. she wins all of the awards, really. Easy, um, Meryl Streep. Uh, funny thing is, uh, Jumpa is not her real name, mm. but her pet name. Uh, her teachers began calling her that since it was easier to pronounce than her actual name, a fact that embarrassed her as a child. Uh, I will try to pronounce it right now. Sure. Uh, Nilanjana Sudeshna. Cool. Uh, the Neil and Jana is basically her first name, basically. I think the other one's her middle name. Yeah, that's the setup, basically, for the namesake. Yes, uh, this sort of ambivalence and embarrassment towards one's own identity informed the main character in the namesake. Gogol. Uh, she says, as a child, she felt, in, quote-unquote, uh, uh, felt intense pressure to be two things, loyal to the old world and fluent in the new. Mm. She was able to get over that pressure as an adult. These are topics I have no knowledge or interest in. Yeah, clearly this is this is nothing. This none of, no no American. I definitely out there. didn't change my name to be more well understood <laughs> by white people. Uh, she's also also there's like a bunch of interesting things about the namesake, but like I don't want to get into that. Maybe yeah. at some point we'll do that. I think it's the a, namesake actually might be on. Uh, oh, it might be. I mean, yeah, it's a phenomenal yeah. read. I mean, I'm gonna put that in my what's it called? My coming up set. I'm curious about that. Um, she's also published the novel The Lowland in 2013. What's that about? Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't look I have it a copy of it somewhere. I, I had a copy of it too. <laughs> yeah. I think I had copies, used copies of uh, Unaccustomed Earth and The Lowland. Um, but anyway, True. back when I worked at the old used bookstore, there was like a million copies, especially of uh, Lowland. Um, she moved to Italy, I believe in like, I forgot to write it down, but I think like 2011 or whatever. Sure. Uh, and she's since become like a translator there. She's actually written, um, she published like a, a, a nonfiction, well, an essay, an essay in uh, in the New Yorker in 2015 about like learning uh, Italian. Uh, also, she said that she all she does anymore is write in Italian, and she had in fact translated that essay from Italian to English. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she she's did go- a book of that that I gave to my mom for Christmas. She what? She did a whole book about her, her her journey learning and translating Italian, and I gave it to my mom for Christmas. Was it 2019's Dove Mi Trovo? I believe that's the one. Okay. Her, that's her most recent novel, her third novel, which came out in 2019, uh, which, as far as I know, is only available in Italian right now. Um, oh, maybe there's a different one. Well, no, there's, she, she had a book about like translating <laughs> and learning Italian. Here in a second. Let me actually look at that real quick, because I, I actually didn't really look at her books. Do it, Doug. Okay. It looks like she has... No, those are translations. Hmm. No, no. That's... No. No, okay, okay. She does have two nonfiction books in 2015 and 2016. Uh, in Other Words and The Clothing of Books. I think it's In Other Words. In Other Words, okay. All right. I actually skipped over that. So she actually had two books that came out relatively recently. Um, but yeah, she's going all... She's going all uh, Madonna lived briefly in London and uh-huh. now talks with an English accent kind of thing. Sure. Just like uh, in Master of None where um, uh, Aziz Ansari's character moves to Italy for a while to learn to make pasta. <laughs> and then he, he starts identifying as an Italian? Kind of. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, in, the back, in the back of my head, it's not just it's not just like, like oh, nice, okay. That's cool. But I'm also thinking like, poor Italy. 
Yeah. Uh, I do I do feel so awkward bringing him up now, which is just a shame. Oh, you're thinking about... No, I was thinking about Italy, right? I was now. thinking about Aziz. Yeah, I was thinking about, you know... All the, and poor Italy. All the death gun and the destruction going on But they're right singing now. opera to each other in the balconies. Yeah, the, the ones who are fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so... Uh, yeah, we're ignoring the fact that we're in, like, a post-apocalyptic cir- uh, scenario right now. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> she, uh, teach, she taught creative writing at Boston University, her Whoa. alma mater, and at the Rhode Island School of Design. Whoa. Uh, she currently teaches creative writing at Princeton University. Hot diggity. Uh, she... Princeton's very beautiful. I've never been. Princeton? Mm-hmm. No, I've never been there. Um, also, I know that she's like she basically spent like most of her like early like writing career living in Brooklyn. Mm. Um, she was also involved with the writing of uh, season three of In Treatment, the cool. HBO show, starring Gabby Byrne. Uh, she's also said that like she wasn't really like a writer, like a, like like on the writing stuff. She was more of a consultant uh, because they had like a character who uh, moved from Bengali into Brooklyn, and they just wanted like her perspective on like how that character would realistically cool. kind of you know interact with that. Hey man, if I ever like got like, oh, let's casually bring in Jumpa Lahiri to consult, I just like lose my shit. Hey Jumpa, can you come in here? Uh, we'll give you lots of money if you just tell us what it's like being like an Indian, possibly moving to America. She's like, all right, I have no idea how to write a TV show, but I will talk about things. I hope I she don't like know. swagged in wearing like aviators and refused <laughs> to take them off. She just took a whole bunch of bagels off the table and we're like, yeah, no, uh, um, it's hard. Um, it's cool. <laughs> that, that's uh, the, the the funny thing about that is that like that's the I, I've watched a, a bunch of interviews with her on. Uh, she's always YouTube. wearing aviators. Uh, she that's like the complete opposite. Where she's like a very like kind of quiet, very like intelligent, very um you know like Louisa May Alcott kind of like sure like kind of person. She's very nice, uh, and she always seems she's always like I would say like comes off across as humble, but I think she's more just like like whenever someone asks her about like her writing thing, she goes like, oh, I don't know, I just I, I do. So she I is best and everything like that. Is that Beth? Which one's Beth? Beth is the piano one who died. Oh, she's Beth. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. She's Everyone sh- see Little Women. You're in. You're in. What's it called? You're in fucking quarantine. Just do it. She's really cool. There's also I highly recommend Ooh. watching like a, a 90 minute uh, talk that she does to the New Yorker, um, where it's her, uh, Nicole Krause, and. Uh, 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 oh, uh, uh, Jeffrey Eugenides. Oh, okay. Um, and they're all they're all like it, like every year the New Yorker does this thing where like they give them like a like a topic. Those three or just three authors? Three authors in general. Okay. For that year, it was they were discussing like what is an a writer's writer. Not, ne- not necessarily calling them writer's writer, but just like do you, what is that? Let's talk about this. That sounds awesome. Actually, I'd love to watch that. And then there was a. Ne- I haven't read anything by Nicole Crowley, and I, I have the history of love. I've had a copy for years and never read it. Yeah, after that, I kind of got it really interested in her. I also found out how to pronounce Eugenides. Yeah, uh, I'm not a fan of Middlesex. There was a, it's okay. There was a. Um, there was also a 2011. That was from 2014. The 2011 one mm. was with little-known authors Georgie Saunders, who, uh, Dorsey Carol Oates, never heard of her, and uh, T.C. Boyle or J.C. Boyle. T.C. T.C. Okay. Um, and, uh, and that, as you can tell, was also very a fucking great interesting. Time, I bet. Their, their topic of conversation, which is perfect, which, uh, the woman who, uh, hosts the thing mm-hmm. says, so we got this letter from the New Yorker and it was like this woman saying like, why do people, why does everyone, uh, literary have to write about extremely dark things? It's like, it's like this, basically it's like, why did, why is that all serious writing is about how dark and miserable stories can be? Why do stories have to be like this? And she goes, the funny thing is that like, this was actually, oh, this was actually on, on like a story done by a person who wrote for like Merchant Ivory mm. who like like the the person did one 
like kind of dark story and like this was the reaction being like of all people like that was the person that's so funny uh and it's like the best question you want to ask like a joyce carol Ertz or george saunders no i'd love that i mean that is an interesting question i mean like reading all these strand 80 books i mean so many of these books are just dark stories about like familial like like descent and religion like the topics that come up again and again and again are um uh, generational tales and religion yeah well yeah yeah it's I don't know. Because all the great novels are about that, which I think is kind of, you know, it's, like, it, I mean, they're very affecting. It's it's interesting. Also, I think it's another it's thing. It's the that, best medium to tell that story. Yeah, totally. And um, there's another thing where also where like, like New Yorker and whatnot, what it takes to be in the New Yorker, especially because like you imagine Jhumpa Lahiri is like, oh, her, um, I'm sorry, dear life. What's her name? Alice Monroe. Alice Monroe. Mm-hmm. Like those are like, oh, those are total like New Yorker type writers, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Uh, another funny thing I just want to say, the last thing I want to say about the whole thing mm-hmm. is that when you watch both of those in the row, you'll have a really nice laugh because this, this, uh, this, the, the woman running it, who's like great and everything. Uh, uh, she's very, you know, she, she always comes across as like slightly like stiff and whatnot because she's not used to being in front of a huge crowd. Sure. But very lovely woman. Uh, wears the same dress in both things. That's so funny. <laughs> because like the first time you're just, I'm looking at her, I'm just like, I'm like, nice dress, really nice shoes. And then like, and then like later on, I like, oh, this one has Joyce Carol. It's I click on that, and I'm like, same dress. <laughs> Total coincidence. I bet if anyone pointed out to her, like pointed out to her, she'd be like, oh my god, did I do that? She yeah, she was like, she'd be horrified. I thought I'd get away with it. It was three years apart. <laughs> and I'm like, YouTube. Yep. All right, that's it. That being said, I'm sorry. Uh, so we read the first story yep. in this collection, a temporary matter. Uh, Gabriel, are you familiar with the Interpreter of Maladies, uh, the collection at all? Not. This is my very first time opening it. All right. I've only read Namesake. Uh, I've definitely read some stories in here. I don't remember what's the like what the stories are read or even what they're about. Okay. Um, we I picked the first one just because it's the first one. Sure. We're reading a temporary matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Can you help us out? Sure. And tell us what the interpret what and a temporary matter is. Also, if you want their names to write. Yeah, let me double check <laughs> the names here because I mean, yeah, I, well, I knew Shoba. Shoba's the wife we, we, and Shukumar. Yeah. is the uh, gentleman. We will be uh, dumb Americans and admit that like sometimes we have a hard time with uh, Indian names. Yeah, unfortunately. Gabriel. So. What the story? This is the story of a married couple. Um, uh, Shoba is the wife and Shukumar is the husband. Um, we meet them in a state of like, of quiet, unhappy stasis. Um, they're just kind of avoiding one another. They're cooking, but eating separately. There's a very big gap between them. And we discover that it's because their child, they were a happy, like, vivacious couple until their child was born, a stillborn. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been months. They've just isolated themselves from each other and from their friends. They just kind of, like, are zombies. When they, when they find a notification saying that... Um, for one hour, like like from one hour, I think it is eight p.m. Yeah. every day. The telephone company is gonna turn off all the power, so they have to just you know cope. Mm-hmm. Um, this starts becoming something of a ritual between the two of them. That because they have no choice, because otherwise they just go into their own rooms in front of their computers, they are forced to sit down and eat together. It becomes this interesting communication game where they start admitting hidden truths to one another where they start confessing tiny things tiny transgressions tiny positive things to one another um and it seems like the two of them are rekindling their love for the very first time since their child died except it was a com- the story is mostly told from shukumar's point of view mm-hmm. and then the final part of the story is when shoba reveals that 
after all this closeness they've been going, this was her way of saying goodbye because she found another place and she's leaving him. Mm-hmm. And he drops a little bombshell on her, a last little confession, which mm-hmm. is he knew the gender of their dead child, but she never knew. He tells her that and they quietly cry together. End of story. End of story. Gabriel. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. I, I keep wanting to say like the first time you read uh, Lahiri, but that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, how did you like, I tell you what, before we get into how we felt about this, how did you, yeah, you, you liked uh, The Namesake quite a bit? I love The Namesake. I okay. think it's a it's a phenomenal book. It's, you know, it. to be perfectly honest, that might be the very, very first book I ever read that went into the whole cultural identity problem mm-hmm. that, you know, myself, I much like in the namesake, I'll talk about this when we do it on the show. Mm-hmm. I never questioned my whole identity, my cultural identity for the first like 28 years of my life. Mm-hmm. It was just a thing of, I don't want to be Filipino. I want to be white. Mm-hmm. And it was the first story. Like my girlfriend at the time had recommended it to me because she was just going through her own thing. And I, I was like, like stricken by how, in depth and emotionally mature and deep and personal the story was. Mm-hmm. So, um Jumba Lahiri like like touched my soul and then I read nothing else of hers until now. Yeah. And oddly enough, um even though like again those those kind of themes in the namesake are like gonna be like primarily what this this collection's about this one has hardly nothing to do with kind of confronting like your cultural, which no, is a, it, kind of like a fun coincidence. There's a really cool, it's like there's something yeah. inherently Indian about the story, the, about their families and about how they uh, react. The, yeah. That without, it, it never, ever says it outright. It never hits you with a hammer, mm-hmm. but it's very, this, I think it would be a very different story if it had been about Bob and Sue. Uh, I would say it would be a uh, Raymond Carver story. Exactly. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but there is like this awesome sense of like this cultural guilt that is uh, present with um, who's is it? It's a it's Shoba's mother. Shoba's mom. Um, there's this really great thing again, because we're not revealed this until the very end. But uh, uh, Shukamore uh, was was like away on, on like the job in like Baltimore. Is it a conference that that Shoba had insisted? Yeah. To go to? She, she was like, no, you need to go. I'm I'll be OK without. And then like the thing started happening and he apparently he was supposed to have arrived too late when he arrived. Uh, Shoba was just basically like recovering asleep in like a room or whatever. But mm-hmm. um. And I th- at some point, and like after this, uh, Shoba's mother showed up to kind of like t- help them take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's only like politely cold to him. Yeah. Uh, and at some point, like when he mentioned the dead child, like her reaction was like, but you weren't there. Yeah. Like in, yeah, there, there's mm-hmm. something like, like, in, there, like, like a cold knife in the heart. There is, and it's also very, again, kind of cultural, where, like, yeah, like, I feel like Americans would kind of be, like, understanding, but, like, your mother from Mexico or India or the Philippines would yeah. be, like, would be, like, you should have been there. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. it didn't matter. Like, uh, it's something I remembered from the movie, The Namesake. Like, I looked it up before this thing. It's mm-hmm. that when you give birth in India, you have your whole family there. Everyone's there to support you. Mm-hmm. And the very, I think that's 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 the mom's point of view is that why weren't you there? Yeah. And, like, the, the, the story does such a good job of setting up that the two of them have clearly assimilated very well into American life. Mm-hmm. It very subtly points these things out, how, like, they had parties. They have their nice little home in Boston, and they wave at the neighbors. Yeah. And like like Shoba was a kind of woman who like always went to the gym and had her like makeup and she went out drinking and partying, yeah. which isn't something a good immigrant child does. They've they've Americanized in their own way, but they still can't let go of their old world. 
Yeah, and that's that's something. And um, here's something else I I heard what kind of uh, watching some of her interviews. She said as much where like like these weren't. She didn't necessarily write these as stories like for first generation uh, Americans sure. like herself. She's like she's like no. I the idea is that I just I wanted to tell these stories. And then I found that like in telling them that like people just related, like people you wouldn't think would relate, mm-hmm. would relate to them. And so like in a sense that, yeah, these are just supposed to be stories that like that are for essentially anybody. And that's and, really and, interesting. And it is because, again, like if if you're not first generation America, if, you know, this story is very fucking affecting. Yeah, uh, it, it's so interesting, like the idea that maybe, you know, what's his face? Um, uh, Lumet wrote about this in his book that mm-hmm. um, when he had been make a movie, him sometimes he didn't even know what his subtext was. Mm-hmm. It would only be revealed afterwards. So the idea that Jhumpa Lahiri included all the stuff without even realizing that wasn't her intention. Yeah. It's just inherently part of her experience and part of her point of view. Yeah. It's in a similar way. I don't believe it was her intention to write a short story collection about like yeah, first generation it, Americans yeah, dealing with exactly. those things. They just happen to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, or the story she could tell and she told. There's a, there's also a really fun thing. Um, uh, 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 I'm sorry. Bong Joon-ho. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the name. Uh, the filmmaker who did Parasite, the uh, one best picture last year. Yeah, yeah. There's this really great thing. I never saw it, but it was from like a clip of an interview that he did where he said that he was worried that Parasite was only going to be like a local success because it's like I was writing about really specific like South Korean things like mm-hmm. like, you know, between class and all these things. Just, and he was like, this isn't going to connect with the West. And when it came out, it connected everywhere. And yeah, worldwide sensation. And as he put it, he put it very beautifully. It goes, then it really hit me that like, oh, we're all part of a single nation. And that nation is capitalism. Huh? Uh, That's good. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's like that kind of fun thing. And, it, uh, you know, also like maybe an Americans can also be very uh, influenced by something because we're all the sons and daughters of immigrants. You yeah. know, a lot of us can only can trace back like our like the first Americans, like, you know, a couple generations ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's a. Uh, it's a uh, yeah. It's it's, a, it's heavy shit. It's heavy shit. It's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Well, Daniel, so let's let's throw it over to you. Okay. How did you like the story? How did you immediately respond to it? Uh, well, again, I don't remember reading the story. Oh, so, so you don't even know if you read this one? I, I definitely did. Oh, okay. Uh, and I didn't really. It didn't really hit me. All I remembered from this story was that it was about a couple, a relatively young couple, who are unhappy about something, mm-hmm. and and it was kind of and it was like a silent conflict between them yeah and and i remember it having and like i didn't realize this until like right before the ending and i was just being like oh that's right it's a boy i remember that oh you know there and, you go but like it didn't hit me until like right when it was brought up when he was saying it's like and i also was holding back that i was there and i was like ah, that's right i knew mm-hmm. that but um so yeah no this story is uh it's pretty it's pretty great it's I mean, extremely it, affecting it's extremely affecting it it's a it's a good story you're following it and you feel for these characters mm-hmm. and then like the ending kind of just like gives you that really great like short story literary punch at the end yeah that, the, like, the carver punch the carver punch yeah we're some we're yeah it, it's less ambiguous than than a carver thing but yeah, yeah. but it's definitely there i it, think what what lahiri does incredibly well in this i wonder i wonder if like this was like her first published story or her first published story was yeah, i don't know yeah. but she does this extremely great thing where all of the description we we get to know both Shukumar and Shoba entirely through their actions and through brief descriptions of what they're wearing and what they assume about themselves. Mm-hmm. She writes incredibly well about cooking, about the small motions we make, about like senses. And it you know, it would be the obvious and easy thing is to be like, since she was sad because of this. Yeah. And instead she talks about 
how subtly you know um, Shukumar's taken over all the cooking. Yeah. He's done all of. He's going through all of her old recipes, and they're kind of trying to reach out without even actively doing it. Yeah, you know, speaking of which, like, I feel like it takes like half, it's like halfway through the story is when they start doing like the the ritual where they start confessing things to each other in the mm-hmm. dark. Like the first half of it is is describing events like that. Yeah, you know, and that again is great. It's tight. <laughs> like uh, shit's tight. I don't really know what. It, yeah, Gabriel. Um, yeah. Have I have I even asked you how was it like reading returning to La- Lahiri after all these years and this is the first story that you've read from her? It's great. It's a real eye opener. <laughs> I mean, really, I read Namesake um, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. That was a very long time ago now, and jumping back into it, having read so much more in the ten years, uh, I appreciate the craft so much more. It makes mm-hmm. me really excited to reread Namesake. That again, like I said before, all these little details, all talking of cooking, like the the smell, like putting the like letting out just a little bit of the steam go out of the lamb he's cooking, mm-hmm. and then just how they slowly like bleed into one another and the way she uses time that you know at first it is just small little details then we then we fold in into recollections and then we hurry through like a few days mm-hmm. right in the middle of the story and the kind yeah. of the escalation of the secrets told and then they are and then they're making love again mm-hmm. and then it it slams on the brakes because for for I think it's for uh, tell me if you agree. This is mostly from Shukumar's point of view. Yeah, um, I feel like in the beginning it it uh, you're it not, divides. It, it divides, and again, it's kind of like it's very third person, and then mm-hmm. it and then it becomes very locked in behind uh, Shukumar for like most of like the actual like let's say events happening. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then and when it hits that emotional like climax, it's it's fucking devastating because now you feel like you've lived in with this family. But Daniel, so whenever. Uh-huh. Whenever we do a short story for the show, and especially if it's one you picked, mm. I tend to immediately check how long the story is, uh-huh. and I'll put one finger where near where the end is, so mm-hmm. I'll be like, okay, I'll brace myself for the end. And in this one, I was just so involved and into it that I was surprised when it ended, mm-hmm. and I kind of hoped it would be a little longer. And then, you know, it really, it, it comes to like a, a screeching halt for both the reader and for Shukumar, which I think is amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, that's, so shit's tight. Uh, shit's 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 tight. Shit shit worked out very well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Total riot. Uh, so yeah. Uh, that's I tell you what. Before uh, I feel like I have some final thoughts, but we'll wait for the actual final thoughts. We have a game to play, Gabriel. We have a game to play that you prepared. I did indeed. We're gonna go on break. We're gonna come back. We have a game. Hope you like wordplay. That's it, Gabriel. That was the break. Boom, baby. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Dear listener readers. How you doing? To slow readers. I'm still Gabe. I'm still Daniel. And now it's time to play a fucking game. And now it's time to sip my coffee really loud. This is to our old buddies from the Whip Round podcast, old Dr. Phil and and, and the other one, Sean. <laughs> okay. The other one? Sure. Take that. Love it. Rebels. Croak. Okay. Daniel, I forgot to name this game. Um, but what happened? I don't know. What's that? It's like a, do you see that? It's like a sticky, don't touch it. It's sticky. What is that? I have no idea. All right. If it's green, that might be left over from last week. Oh, cool. All right. Hmm. Well, that's it. I'm sorry. Anyway, (laughs) I forgot to name this game, but Daniel, it's another one of my classic hilarious games that I know you love. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a title of something. Okay. In this case, it is a classic work of fiction. Okay. That also happens to be about 
plagues and diseases for no reason. Okay, no reason. I no mean, reason at all. That's that's a weird, like, like mm-hmm. morbid kind of thing to like be considering in these days. And it's ages. just you know, I I woke up today and I'm like, that'd be kind of funny to do. Mm-hmm. Be kind of a big, uh, cool, cool, random coincidence. Mm-hmm. But I changed one letter in the title. Um, for example, if it was, uh, what's fucking, I don't know if it's the cat in the hat. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, Daniel, in this story by Dr. Seuss, it's all about, um, a winged rodent who comes in and fucks up the day of some kids. The answer would be the bat in that hat. Cause uh, I just changed one letter. I would have changed, I would have changed the rat in the hat. Oh, well I said winged rodent. A winged rodent. Okay. I missed that. Pay attention. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So, Daniel, again, um, I'm going to read this brief description to you. Mm-hmm. And these are all works of classic literary fiction. And, again, I just changed one letter. Bat and hat. Uh, oh, you nailed it! All right. All right. Cue the music. Hit the theme music. Okay. Here's your first one, Daniel. In this epic story by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, Fermina Daza and Florentino Ariza share a secret love, only to be separated by Fermina's family. Thus begins a decades-long infatuation, punctuated by disease and sick-ass concerts performed to a screaming crowd. Uh, it's it's love in the time of cholera, but you changed it to live in the time of cholera? Well done, hey. Daniel! Yay! Also, I like how you didn't have to uh, change anything to make it about disease. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you're describing it, I'm like, oh, this is just love in the time of cholera. Right? Oh, these are all yeah. disease books. Okay. I just changed Oh, the, the books are about disease. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I didn't change them to be about diseases. Oh, okay. They're right. already disease books. I thought you were changing them to... No, 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 no. That would have been way too hard. Like cat in the hat to rat in the hat, or bat in the hat. Oh, that's why. Yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, bats have rabies. Bat, well, bats apparently uh, started this whole thing. Oh, yeah. Apparently. Let's not spread that rumor. All right, Daniel. Here's your next one. Cue the music. In this apocalyptic fable from the mind of Stephen King, a strain of weaponized influenza decimates the world, beginning an epic battle between good, evil, and the legions of Marshall Mather supporters. Marshall Mathers. Um. Oh, the Stan. The one letter. One letter changed. Yeah, well, the stands. The stands. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Well done, Daniel. Also, how many are there? There is seven. All right. Also, yeah. also spoiler. That's how the the disease started in Contagion. Oh yeah. From 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 bats and then bats pigs and the pigs. And yeah, the yeah. wrong bat met the wrong pig. Yeah, that's what it was. Spoiler. <laughs> that's actually revealed at the very end. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Next one, Daniel. Mm-hmm. We're chugging right along. These aren't meant to be that hard, but listeners, if you're out there screaming along, please scream along. Usually I can't get these at all, so I'll take yeah. very I'll take very easy. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. In this techno thriller that made Michael Crichton a household name, a team of scientists investigate the outbreak of an extraterrestrial microorganism in New Mexico, eventually leading them to repeatedly ride the blue line of the New York MTA subway system. What do you got, Daniel? Uh, the Andromeda Train? Wait, Strain? What would it be? It, the book is The Andromeda Strain. Yes. Trains? I may have added a, a, a dash there. A hyphen. Uh, the Blue Line. The Blue Line. Mm-hmm. It's, um... There's three options, actually. Okay. Yeah, I'm not too sure exactly what they are. Uh, Remember the Blue Line, bro? Yeah, the blue line. It's like the one, two, three and shit. No, that was the red line. Oh, no, ABC. I'm sorry. Mm. What? Go on. 
Yeah, ABC. ABC. B is uh, Orange Line. E. E is on there, right? Yeah. Yeah, E was on there, and I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't overthink it. Okay. I changed one letter. Okay. Uh, the Andromeda S train. <laughs> that's no, kind of a. I'm just gonna give it to you. Just give it to me. God damn it. Because the answer you. was the Andromeda C train. C train, okay, or A train, or E train. Okay, all right. No, I didn't. I didn't see what you're going for. Okay, all yeah, right. the blue line, bro. I got. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get right. that you're you're like the C train. I don't know. Yeah, there's one more kind of like that. <laughs> the drama sub trains. I don't know. Train a drama the subway. Okay, next one. Get ready. Yeah. In this post-apocalyptic novel written by Joe Hill, mm-hmm. a deadly spore infects most of the world's population causing people to burst spontaneously into flame. A pregnant woman must find a way to survive, along with the help of an enigmatic man, who specializes in making sure that all his work is always saved and properly exported into a backup disc. Oh, fuck. What is the name of the book, too? The Fireman? Was that the name of the original book? Come on, want me to give it to you? Well, was that, was that it? Is that right? Or it's is a that Fireman. Right? It is a Fireman, okay. No, I was like, I wasn't sure about that. Um, the Fireman... Also so- known as Mosty Toasty. Mosty Toasty. Fireman. This is the so the guy who likes backing up things. Uh, the, f- the Firewall, starring Harrison Ford. That did happen, didn't it? Yeah, that happened. It happened a while ago. I forgot about that movie. Um, the Fireman. The this seems like such like a boomer movie. Like, oh, what's his term? A firewall. We'll make a movie about the firewall, How starring did we... Harrison Ford. Yeah. Uh, the for the foreman. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, I'm trying to think about what you changed. Um, the it's probably going to be very obviously like you know obvious afterwards. Yes. The fireman. The fire land. <laughs> the, Just the fire fire land. The fire land. The, the fire, fire tan. local local adapted network. The fire tan. The fire mat. The fire mat. The it's fire, the fire mat? mat. Is that your guess? Yeah, that's my guess. The fire mat. Okay, here we go. Here's your here's your answer. Bummer. <laughs> that's a bit too small. Does not compute. I'll take that. Daniel, the answer was the file man. File. Okay, I got what it was. All right. Okay. You're still in the lead. Here's your next one, Daniel. In this post-apocalyptic horror novel from the great Richard Matheson, a pandemic has killed most of the human population and transformed the remainder into vampires. Only Robert Neville, a sole surviving human, finds he must battle for his life, communicating only through America Online. Uh, <laughs> uh, how did I aim legend? Close. Try to. I aim legend. Uh, it, uh the I L O L A O L A O L uh legend. No. Okay. Um, you were closer the first time. Yeah. Uh, one letter. Yeah, I added one. <laughs> you added one. I um, changed one. You changed, okay. Yeah, I only change one. I don't add or subtract. All right, all right. Uh, I stan. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I f- uh, file man. <laughs> Correct. I file man. I file man. Uh, 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 damn. If it's not that first one, I don't know what it would be. Uh, 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 I concede. <laughs> okay. Daniel, the answer was... Hold on a minute. Yeah. Ew. Ew. I hated that. What was that? Oh no, it's a long one. I can't even stop. Okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, it's going still. 
Oh, now there's an ad. <laughs> the answer was I. I am legend. I am. Oh, all right. Shut up. No, let it play. <laughs> it goes to the next part. God, I hope it's just like the whole thing. I really hope it hits the um. What do you call it? Like the chorus, the. There no. Okay. Oh man. Good lord. I pressed it by accident, everyone. Okay. All right, Daniel. So you have three, and then you miss two. Yeah. Okay. Okay, you only have three left. All right. Ready? Three left. Damn, all right. In this spine-chilling horror classic by Edgar Allan Poe, Mm -hmm. wealthy nobles throw a masquerade ball in order to escape a plague ravaging the land. Suddenly, a mysterious figure approaches, clad entirely in flashing lights. Uh, that's Mask of the L.E.D. Fuck, goddammit, what's the actual title of the story? Oh, no. The Mask (laughs) of the Red Death. It's it's L.E.D. Death, right? Okay. Correct, Daniel. Mask God. of the LED Death. I never remember what the name of that story is called. Yeah. <laughs> or like the actual title. I just well, like Vincent Price Death made one. this beautiful version of it. What's that? Vincent Price made a beautiful version of it. Never saw it. Yeah, it's really, really pretty. Really technicolor as fuck. Okay, your next one, Daniel. Your penultimate one. I believe you already won the game, but can you win the audience's hearts? <clears throat> the man is doubts. Huh? I'm sorry. In this <laughs> essential dissection of life and existentialism by Albert Camus. Disease sweeps the French Algerian city of Oran. It asks a number of questions relating to the nature of destiny, the human condition, and most importantly, dental health. <coughs> the f- but this is the fall. That's the that's the book. No, it's not. No oh boy. Um. Oh boy. Uh, I might not know the actual name of that story. It's a really really obvious title. It is, but. Like, like all of his books. Yeah, like all of his. It's very simple. It's like, I thought it was The Fall. There, he does have a book called The Fall, right? He does. All right. Um, it's about a guy in a room. It's about the the room. It's the room. <laughs> uh, shit, let me see if I can even remember, know what the actual title of the thing is. Um, the It's not The Keep. No. It's not The Man in the High Castle. No, no that's, that's, that's not Dick. Camus. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's not the stranger, obviously. Hey, everyone, in sh- everyone knows so that you love Dick. The trial. Uh, it's That's fuck. Kafka. Isn't it like the plague or something like that? Is it? Oh, it's the plague. It's the plaque. Okay. The plaque. Jesus Christ. Boy, you really worked for I that. I really one don't too. know my Camus. <laughs> <laughs> you really, really have to go all over in it. Yeah. And here's your final one, Daniel. You've already won the game, but let's hear you do this. I win, just like always. In this, oh, start the music. In this touching and tragic tale of young love by John Green, Hazel Grace, a girl suffering from a terminal condition, befriends Augustus Waters, a cancer survivor. They discuss literature, life, death, and of course, the proper way to make a Manhattan cocktail. The Fault in Our Stirs? Hey. Well done, Daniel! <laughs> you win the game! I like you the- win COVID-19 ways to win! Oh, no. <laughs> Where the corona? Where the corona? The corona. My corona! Ba, 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 ba. Gabriel! Good job, Daniel. That was a funny... Thank you very much. Um... Also, I found that really shocking because, like, there were, a lot of them were post-apocalyptic, and at the end, I was like, "The Fault in Our Stars." What? That was <laughs> I, yeah, I forgot. I was about that was the, the one about disease. a disease that's just not so. Yeah. You know. Okay. okay. 
that said, Gabriel, fantastic job putting that game together. Uh, I win, so naturally I'm happy. Naturally. <laughs> naturally I'm happy. It was That's e- all that really matters. It was an easy game, but I won, so I'm mm-hmm. happy. <laughs> hey, you've, you've beaten me at wordplay. Aha, I win. I beat you, you fucking fool. Hey, I'll take it. Uh, that said. I'll uh, take a beating. We need to go to a break. Okay. Uh, when we come back, we're going to do uh, final thoughts, uh-huh. uh, hazy memories, uh-huh. to talk about what we're going to do next, which yeah. is going to be so it's gonna be big exciting. deal. Uh, and and then uh, and then and then we'll fuck off. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that said, Gabriel, there was a break. Okie dokie. And we're back. Hello, everyone. Two slow readers. What's happening? America's fast-paced literature podcast. Totally. The only explicit fucking show that talks about books. The only comedy literature podcast on Stitcher on iTunes, on Spotify, where we're not afraid to say things like boner. We're not afraid to say boob. We're not afraid to say things like... Oh, that was too gross. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. A, I was going to say butt. What a were you gonna... word. Oh, but it we're, a, we're... <laughs> It was a synonym for sailor. Semen? That's the one. Okay. That's not that bad. <laughs> I um, still want to say it. <laughs> that's it. Uh, so, yeah, I like how, like, oh, we're not afraid. We're explicit, we but you're afraid <laughs> to say semen. It's like semen's like a technical term. That's true. All right. Anyway, it's not like, yeah, you could have used, like, a nastier thing or whatever. But yeah. anyway, that's it. So, clearly, we're back to talking about Jampa yeah. Lahiri's. I'm still Gabe. Interpretive melodies. I'm still Daniel. And we're still talking about a temporary matter. Yeah. From the 1999 book, Temporary Maladies. Gabriel. Not to be confused with Emperor of Maladies. No. What is that? It's a book about cancer. It is a book about cancer? Was it big? Yeah, it was really thick. There's a crab on the cover. Yeah, maybe I'd recognize it. Gabriel. Yeah. Final thoughts about this story. Quick. Right, go. Um, uh, go. Hurry. 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 hurry, hurry I'm hurry, so hurry. glad to jump back into Jump Lahiri, no pun intended. Um, great read like devastating read fantastic and really it's, it's it's not often where we'll read a short story like i'm not a big short story reader we've gone over this before but it's not often where i finish a short story in a collection and i immediately want to hop on to the next one mm. so i mean jubilee here you're a you're a fucking wizard lady yes <clears throat> so a, amazing story a great picker upper i mean like guys check it out read a copy of it it's fantastic Daniel, what about you? What are your final thoughts? Yeah, uh, totally agree. It's um, it's not that much of a stretch to be like, hey, you know, Jumper the Hero is like a really like enjoyable, uh, I don't know, but enjoyable. It's a very emotional, painful read, but yeah, uh, but it's like it's like fantastic writing. It, it's to call her like a great author worth reading is like kind of being like, yeah. Yeah, she Jella. doesn't. She doesn't need your support. Yeah. She's it, jumping the fucking Lahiri. It's not even showy writing either. It's so like subtly great. No. Um. Speaking of which, I, I avoided talking about this because I hate these shitty fucking labels. But um, the I, like on Wikipedia, like, are you, like are, you her, are you going steady with Jumpa Lahiri? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going steady. It's, uh, we don't want to talk about it. Also, don't tell her husband. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um. It, her, like it said, like her, Italian. Her writing is often described as as like like her or like a plain style. Interesting. Which is like you know, I look at this and I'm just like, "Fuck you!" Like <laughs> plain, like mm-hmm. it, like it would be describing like Alice Munro style or Carver style as being plain. You know, yeah. It's like it's like like no, this isn't plain. This is just like I don't know. I wouldn't call it plain. Plain seems wrong. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It, it's like when people come like, across like writing unadorned, like this. maybe. Well, they they either call it like minimalism or it's not even that much dirty m- realism or something dirty s- realism some, something silly or whatever mm-hmm. i don't know um 
<laughs> Dan, I feel like if you and I were to start a web series about um, uh, a podcast about literature and mm. also our our goals to becoming Bukowski types, we'd have to call it Dirty Realism. Dirty Realist. Dirty yeah. Dirty Real. Ugh. Dirty Reals. Dirty Realism is it. Yeah, okay. We're just two wannabe Bukowskis. <laughs> just dr- just drinking like some really awful cheap like whiskey at yeah. like, like, you know, 1 p.m. And, and trying to be like, like, like charming like rakes instead we're just like dumb assholes yeah that's good that's a good thing i'm eh. sure it has to be a we're in quarantine thing. yeah um but that's it uh no I I, I I i yeah no i'm all for that style it's really great and uh yeah i want to read more especially from this particular well, collection. fucking do it I, I will you coward even though she's gone all fancy schmancy on us and still leaves it only right in italian i'm gonna write an operetta I only do operas now. Mamma mia. Jumpa la hiria. She's pretty cool. Wait, hold on. What, what? was the... In Amadeus, were operas were only done in Latin or Italian? Because when Mozart was putting together um, the, the flute, Mabob, the magic flute, mm-hmm. was it going to be in Austrian or was it Italian? I don't recall. Yeah. All right. That was specific. Uh, Gabriel. Sure. So, uh, oh, no. That's right. Uh, let's do uh, this little thing. Uh, indebted to us. Mm-hmm. By the great Jonathan B. Hayes yeah. from the Whip Brown Podcast, Living Legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little thing called Hazy Memories. Yes, indeed. Check out the Whip Around Podcast for all your weird news needs. They're up every Whip Around Wednesday. They're a good time and our dear friends. Gabriel, yeah. years from now, when you remember <laughs> having read a temporary matter, <laughs> what will be that thing that floats in your brain in a hazy memory? Um, There's so much. Again, that's why I'm like, so like, it's not plain, but it's not showy. It's just, it's detailed in the right way. There are tiny, tiny images in it that I'm going to think about, like uh, the description of Shoba's makeup and how mm. she used to smile or like, um, or just the way he like, like Shukumar's cooking. I mean, that opening is wonderful. And then that very end is just, is just so fucking devastating. I love I love the little image of them like talking and then they sit on their porch and then they see their neighbors and they wave and like you can sense like the feeling from the other couple being like, Oh, mm-hmm. that's nice, they're out waving. <laughs> there this this story speaks leagues without ever saying any of it out loud. It's it's wonderful, all the wonderful little detail. What about you, guy? Uh, I'm gonna kind of repeat that thing I said earlier about what the uh, what Shoba's mother said to Shukumar yeah. and everything. Because um uh when I was saying after I said that I realized like oh there was also like another kind of like heavier moment when like the Indian culture was brought up which is like the rice ceremony oh yeah um, which is very which is very explicitly like they're like when they were saying that like oh they were talking about rice and the rice ceremony but they realized they're never going to have a rice ceremony for the child who died of course mm-hmm. and um and I was thinking like you know that one didn't connect with me as much it's a bit like um you know, being baptized or something like that, which sure. like being someone who doesn't really connect to that kind of culture where it's just like, like baptized. And I'm like, yeah, that's nice. Sure. Yeah. But Were you baptized sinner. Oh yeah. I was baptized. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was fucking baptized. Yeah. I was fucking dude. baptized. Jesus. But like, like that didn't connect with me as much as that, that quiet guilt from the mother very plainly being like, you weren't there. Like, yeah, like that, that, great. that's really affecting. And that's one of those things that I think it, again, like your blood runs cold. That was an actual hazy memory. Like, mm. like that. I do faintly remember that scene and having read it. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. Okay. That's pretty cool. So that's it. Gabriel, let's shove this fucking goddamn book aside. Bye Jumpa. Get out of here. Jumpa. That's not even your real name. Yeah. Gabriel. Not that I know anything about that. We have something very exciting next week. We do. 
It's uh one. Uh, I got some good news and a bad news, Gabriel. Uh oh. Give the me the good, bad news first. The bad news. Well, let's do good news first. Okay. The good news. It's our our slow readers third anniversary show. Third an- We've been doing this show for three fucking years. Stupid fucking years. Oh my god. It hasn't stopped yet. That's crazy. Gabriel? Yes, Daniel. Got some bad news, though. What's the bad news? Gotta read Wizard School. <laughs> Wizard School, parts Whoop. one through seven, part Whoa. four. We're doing part four of Wizard School from Wizard School, parts one through seven, mm-hmm. which was later adapted into a film series, Wizard School, parts one through seven. Well, one eight. through eight. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gabriel? Yeah. We're going to read uh, Harry Potter, the Goblet of Fire. And the Goblet okay. of Fire. Hey. Daniel, may I tell you something really quickly? Yes. Um I own exactly two Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. I've read these books since I was in the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to buy them because I wanted to make sure the editions I bought all matched. Okay. Now, I bought my first two editions. When we did this show, mm-hmm. I got these tiny scholastic printings, these beautiful little plainest all hell mass paperbacks. Okay. And I cannot find Goblet of Fire in this edition. I don't even know if they did it. And I Googled all over because I wanted to buy that edition mm-hmm. and I can't find it and it's driving me nuts. Uh-huh. So I'm reading a PDF available for free online. Oh, I'm not committing a crime. They are. And I'm listening to the audiobook. Um, which I got Jim off of, Dale, baby. Which I got off of uh, uh, fucking Audible because I'm not fucking buying that shit for forty goddamn dollars. Jim Dale, eat shit, you Disney ass motherfuckers Fuck who put y'all. these things together. Expensive ass Joe, mother fucking J.K. More like just kidding. <laughs> More like just kidding, Rolling. I hope you're kidding about your anti-trans platform because that's really not chill, bro. Yeah, we'll get into that next week. We'll get into week. that next week. Gabriel? Yeah? Uh, let's go ahead and plug. Okie dokie. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done it already, please check out Self-Evident Asian America Stories. It is a cultural heritage documentary podcast that I wrote and produced an episode for. Um, episode three, the talk we're supposed to have is about my life. Um, in light of all the crazy anti-Asian discrimination and racism going on right now, they're releasing a couple emergency episodes um, uh, hosted by Kathy Irway, who is an amazing fucking James Beard winner. She's okay. a big deal. Love her to death. Are they new? Are they like brand new episodes, right? Yeah. Okay. I think at least a couple random ones. So please check that out. Um, once again, press one button to support our show. One fucking button. Press subscribe. Press like. Press follow. Stop what you're doing. If you like our show, stop whatever you're doing right now. Pick up your phone and press like, press subscribe, press follow, or press a star count. And if you can be bothered, please write us a review. We'll read all your reviews on air. It'll be a good time. Mm. And besides that, follow me on Instagram at read.richards. Actually... I, sh- I uh, you know I, I I mean not that I should be doing this but I always mm-hmm. never I never really go like like I should be looking at reviews because I remember like what two weeks ago when we were talking about this and I was like oh yeah let me yeah. see if there's any reviews and I was like oh my god there's a review yeah, Kiara uh Kiara <laughs> all right uh Gabriel yes, nice Daniel. uh that's it you can follow me on Twitter at Top Gun Radio but I'm more active on Instagram at Slow Readers hey I should really be on Twitter more um. That said, uh, you can also buy my fiction through all ebook retailers, but you can buy the physical copies at Amazon. They are The Shadow from the Deep Solid. and I Cook in the Kingdom. Solid. And uh, that was me stifling a burp. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, yeah. No new reviews? Uh, that's the end. No. no that's too bad. Nobody loves. No, Come on, guys. <laughs> We're here for you. <laughs> you don't do this for me. Yeah. That's it. Um, Bye, guys. Uh, that's the end of the show. Have fun. Stay safe out there. Wash <laughs> your fucking hands. Wash your hands. Uh, and don't uh, don't rave. Yeah. 
Don't, don't rave. Don't rave, guys. I mean, I, I mean, guess. people out there are raving. I mean, uh, it's crazy, but yeah. Yeah, if you're doing it, do it silently. Bye. Bye. This has been a Top Gallant Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topgallantradio.com.